This November, annual Sherlock's VIP sign-ups receive a free Cocoa and Eve super nourishing coconut and fig hair mask worth £34.90. Purchase VIP as a gift or sign up yourself for just £5 a month or £50 for the year and join the most exclusive VIP scheme in London. From restaurant openings and discounts at bars and hotels to beauty and wellness offers, Sherlock's partners with London's best venues, suppliers and brands to bring its VIPs exclusive monthly offers. Visit sherlocksvip.com to find out more. Time poor? Never get around to watching or reading the news? Aware you're not quite as on top of what's happening in the world as you should be? Well, the Brief Daily from Sherlux.com is the daily email that brings you the scoop on the breaking news and current affairs you need to know about each day. In this weekly podcast, we round up all those stories into one neat episode. So subscribe, keep listening and stay informed. Today is the 8th of November and the main stories in the brief this week are Brexit campaign group Leave EU and the business of its co-founder Aaron Banks have been hit with £135,000 in fines for breaching data laws. The fines come as Information Commissioner Elizabeth Denham publishes her report on the data misuse. Denham said an investigation by the Information Commissioner's Office, or ICO, had found both Leave EU and Banks' company Eldon Insurance showed a disturbing disregard for voters' personal privacy during referendum campaigning. Both organisations are being fined £60,000 for breaching electronic marketing laws, with Leave EU facing a further £15,000 fine for targeting Eldon customers with Brexit referendum emails. More than 700 terabytes of data were assessed by Denham and investigators at the Commissioner's office. Banks responded to the news, arguing that while Leave EU may have accidentally sent a newsletter, the ICO had no evidence of a grand data conspiracy. The ICO has also expressed concerns over data abuses by the official referendum campaign Vote Leave, The office said it was investigating possible breaches of privacy rules, with its findings expected imminently. Americans went to the polls for the midterm elections on Tuesday after a flurry of last-minute political campaigning by both the Republicans and Democrats. As polls closed in the Midwest and West US, it was confirmed that Democrats would take control of the House of Representatives after winning multiple seats formerly held by Republicans. The victory is significant for the opposition party, as it would allow them to block President Trump's agenda and investigate his administration. In Congress's upper house, the Senate, the Republican Party retained control by a slim majority. In crucial Senate races such as Texas and Florida, Republicans Ted Cruz and Ron DeSantis achieved close-run wins over their Democrat opponents. The election was a historic one, with US voters electing more women to the House of Representatives than ever before. Ayanna Presley was elected as the first black House member from Massachusetts, and Rashida Tayyip and Ilhan Omar became the first Muslim Congresswoman. Estimates suggest 114 million Americans turned out to vote, 31 million more than in 2014's midterm elections. Tuesday saw a landmark day for UK pension equality as the women's pension age rose to 65. The change has brought the state pension age for women in line with that of men for the first time. Efforts to equalise the state pension age of men and women have been introduced gradually, beginning 25 years ago. From now on, the state pension age for both men and women will move in tandem. An official review recommended the age be raised to 68, advice accepted by the government. The equalising of the age has faced some criticism from campaigners who say the changes have pushed some female pensioners into poverty. Former Pensions Minister Ros Altman described the changes as short notice, claiming the pace of pension changes had caused significant hardship, especially among women who didn't know about the original plans to increase the age from 60. In UK news... 
former Conservative minister forced to step down after sending thousands of sexually explicit messages to two constituents has said he was suffering a breakdown at the time. Andrew Griffiths said the text was sent during a manic episode linked to sexual abuse he had suffered as a child. In an interview with the Sunday Times, Griffiths apologised for sending the text, adding, I don't for one second try to excuse what I did. The MP for Burton said the breakdown followed a history of mental health problems and revealed he suffered suicidal thoughts after the Sunday Mirror reported the sexting scandal earlier this year. He resigned as a minister shortly afterwards. The Times' interview came just days before the Conservative Party's disciplinary panel considered Griffith's case and whether he should face removal from the party. There have been ongoing protests from his constituents and some Tory party members, angered by his refusal to step down as an MP. Ross Edgeley has become the first man to swim the whole of Britain after finishing the record 1,791-mile feat earlier this week. The 33-year-old from Lincolnshire took 157 days to complete the swim, entering the Guinness Book of World Records on day 74 of the challenge for the world's longest staged sea swim. Suffering 37 jellyfish stings, open wounds and a suspected torn shoulder, Edgeley swam for 12 hours every day, fueling his swim with a daily intake of 10 to 15,000 calories. The swimmer described the challenge as hands down the hardest thing on so many levels, physical and mental, adding, I felt a fatigue that I've never felt before. House prices in Northern England, the Midlands, Wales and Scotland are predicted to outpace London over the next five years. Regional house prices are forecast for strong growth, with estate agent Savills estimating the North West will lead the rise with an increase of 21.6% over the next five years. Above average growth is also expected in Yorkshire and Humberside at 20.5% and the Midlands and Wales at 19.3%. By comparison, London's prices are predicted to rise by just 4.5%. Overall, the average home in the UK will see its price grow by £32,000 by 2023. The latest forecasts show the first reverse of pricing trends since the 1980s, when London house prices began rapidly outpacing almost all other regions in the UK. A new Met Office report has found extreme heat in the UK is on the rise. In the agency's first study of the UK's climate extremes, it discovered the average heat wave had more than doubled from 5.3 days in the years 1961 to 1990 to 13.2 days between 2008 to 2017. The average number of days with freezing temperatures has also fallen from 4.8 to 3.2. The southeast did not experience a single freezing day in 2017. The report highlighted the impact of climate change on Britain's weather patterns, specifically considering extreme weather figures as opposed to monthly and yearly weather statistics. National Climate Information Centre manager Mark McCarthy said the report was key to understanding extreme climate events, which are often masked by averaged figures. Over 1,500 of the UK's leading lawyers have signed a letter to the Prime Minister urging her to hold a second referendum on the Brexit deal. The letter argues those who voted in the 2016 referendum face the choice between a known reality and an unknown alternative. It comes in the wake of another letter to Theresa May from 70 of the UK's business leaders, also backing the people's vote on the final Brexit deal. Human rights lawyer Jonathan Cooper said those signing the letter were convinced holding a second referendum would be the most democratic thing to do. Signatories also rejected comparisons between the 2016 vote and the 1975 referendum on joining the EU, arguing that in 1975 negotiations were complete, so voters knew what they were voting for. Five men have handed themselves into a South London police station after a video emerged of a group burning a model of Grenfell Tower on a bonfire. It followed an appeal by the Metropolitan Police for information after the video circulated online, showing an effigy of the tower with cutouts of people. Bystanders in the video could be heard laughing, one saying, that's what happens when they don't pay their rent. Five men aged 19 to 55 were arrested under suspicion of public order offences and later released. 
Community Secretary James Brockenshire said the video beggars belief, particularly at a time when the bereaved and survivors are giving testimony to the Grenfell Inquiry. London Mayor Sadiq Khan has been forced to defend the capital's violent crime strategy after three fatal stabbings were reported over the weekend. Speaking on BBC Radio 4's Today programme following the murders on Thursday, Friday and Sunday, Khan said lessons had been learned from cities such as Glasgow, which successfully halted an epidemic of violent crime. However, the London Mayor added that according to Glasgow, to really make significant progress can take up to 10 years. He claimed the capital's crime strategy had been hampered by falling police numbers and cuts to youth services. The Home Office has denied any connection between police cuts and an escalation in violent crime. Researchers from the University of Oxford have said high tax rates on meats such as sausages, bacon and steak could prevent thousands of deaths each year. A study by scientists at the university investigated the optimal levels of taxation on the meats to counteract their health costs. The consumption of red and processed meats has been linked to cancer, heart disease and diabetes. The study's authors suggest a tax of 79% on these products could save the NHS millions. Study leader Marco Springman said that while nobody wants governments to tell people what they can and can't eat, the findings made clear the cost of red and processed meat on people's health. It estimates the UK would see 5,920 fewer deaths and save £735 million in healthcare costs if the tax was introduced. Pressure is growing on the government to publish the details of legal advice provided on a possible Brexit deal after cabinet ministers demanded access to the full document. The legal advice was drawn up by Attorney General Geoffrey Cox. The government is now facing cross-party support for its publication from the DUP, Labour and Lib Dems. The DUP's Westminster Chief Whip, Geoffrey Donaldson, said the party was calling for the document's publication so both MPs and the public could assess its contents. Cabinet ministers were provided with a summary of the advice at a meeting on Tuesday, with those such as Environment Secretary Michael Gove later asking the Prime Minister for a full copy. Downing Street said it was a long-standing convention that such advice was not shared by the government. If the government refuses to disclose the information, the Labour Party may be able to force its publication using a Commons motion as it did in late 2017 with the Brexit impact papers. In health news, a new study has found early risers are significantly less likely to develop breast cancer than those who stay up late. Researchers analysing data from the UK Biobank and International Breast Cancer Association Consortium found those who got up early were 40% less likely to develop the cancer, while oversleeping was linked with an increased chance. For each hour women tended to sleep over the recommended 7-8 to eight hours, the risk of developing the disease increased by 20%. While the reason for the link is currently unknown, some researchers suggested it may be down to genetic differences between night owls and early risers. Doctors have called for more support for rural hospitals as a growing number of young people arrive at A&E with injuries related to the drug trade. County Lines Trade sees city gangs move drugs and cash through provincial towns, often grooming local youths into selling their products in rural areas. The trade has been linked with increasing violence nationwide. John Poyton, chief executive of youth charity Redthread, said the organisation was facing increasing calls for help from hospitals outside urban areas. Poyton said it was important the country recognise issues around violence and vulnerability for local young people, not just those in urban centres. The Royal Society for Public Health has named Grimsby as home to the country's unhealthiest high street. The Lincolnshire town came bottom in the survey, which judged the UK's high streets based upon the healthiness of their shops and business. Fast food outlets, tanning salons, bookies and payday lenders were all considered signs of unhealthiness, while libraries, leisure centres, pubs and dentists were deemed healthy outlets. Edinburgh was named home of the UK's healthiest high street. London streets were ranked separately, with West Green Road, Seven Sisters faring the worst, and Muswell Hill the best. 
Health Secretary Matt Hancock has set out a new NHS strategy focusing on illness prevention to increase the nation's life expectancy. In a speech earlier this week, Hancock said that while £97 billion is spent treating disease in the UK, only £8 billion is spent preventing it, adding, those numbers don't stack up. The Health Secretary urged people to take responsibility for their health, taking regular exercise and reducing unhealthy habits such as drinking and smoking. Simon Catewell, a professor of public health and policy at Liverpool University, said Hancock's emphasis on personal responsibility amounted to victim blaming. Capewell instead suggested consistent government action was the most effective way to tackle public health issues. In business news, Marks & Spencer has warned of falling sales across its food, home and clothing offerings. The retailer announced it was expecting little improvement in its struggling sales trajectory, warning trading conditions were likely to remain challenging for the rest of the financial year. M&S saw its food sales fall 2.9% and its clothing and home sales fall 1.1% from May to September this year. The company's chief executive, Steve Rowe, said the retailer was making sure we protect the magic of M&S, including reshaping the business with reductions in food prices. Rowe also said the company was reviewing its store closure programme. In May, M&S announced plans to shut 100 stores by 2022. January 2019 will see the introduction of a new price cap on default energy tariffs in a move which could see British customers save £1 billion. Ofgem, the government regulator for the gas and electricity markets, said the price cap would initially be set at £1,137 per year for a typical customer paying by direct debit. The cap will prevent consumers from being overcharged on their energy bills by limiting the price of default tariffs and ending the practice of excess charges. Customers often face significant price hikes after being moved onto default tariffs at the end of fixed-price deals. A statement from Ofgem encouraged customers to shop around for the best deal available, warning that savings from the price cap would be dependent on how much energy a household uses. The living wage, a voluntary rate adopted by thousands of employers, is set to rise 2.8% this week. The increase will see the wage rise to £9 nationally and to £10.55 in London, where it is to be increased 3.4%. Both rates are well above the government's compulsory national living wage of £7.83, which is the minimum wage for those aged over 25. Around 180,000 workers will qualify for the pay rise, which is independently calculated to reflect food, rent and clothing costs. The rate was calculated by the Living Wage Foundation, which has seen employers including IKEA, Google and Aviva sign up to the scheme. Those signed up will have until May 2019 to introduce the pay rise. Elsewhere in the world, hundreds of LGBT activists have been forced into hiding in Tanzania after a senior official launched a task force to identify and punish them. The administrative head of Tanzanian city Dar es Salaam announced the task force would target gay people with prison sentences. It follows intensifying hostility towards LGBT people in Dar es Salaam, with one activist describing it as open season on gay people. Tanzania's foreign office said the situation in the city did not reflect the official government position. The UN High Commissioner for Human Rights, Michelle Bachelet, said the announcement could be interpreted as a licence to carry out violence against LGBT people. It comes amid news of increasing human rights abuses in Tanzania, with campaigners warning the country is following a dangerous path. A New Zealand toddler has been saved from drowning by a chance encounter with a fisherman. Gus Hutt, a holiday camper staying on Matata Beach, was fishing at 6am when he noticed what he believed to be a doll in the water. It was in fact an 80-month-old boy swept out to sea by a rip current. Hutt said he only realised he was a boy as he lifted him out of the water, saying he let out a little squeak and I thought, oh God, this is a baby and it's alive. The toddler had climbed out of the tent of his sleeping parents who were also staying at the holiday camp. 
Hutt described the boy as bloody lucky, adding that if he had passed his boat a minute later, he wouldn't have been spotted. The boy is said to have been uninjured by the incident. Idris Elba has been named the sexiest man alive by People magazine. The 46-year-old actor and director, famed for his roles in The Wire and Luther, follows in the footsteps of previous winners David Beckham, Dwayne The Rock Donson and Mel Gibson. Elba tweeted that he was honoured and thankful to win People's Award, before telling his followers, what's even more important is your vote in the midterm elections, which were held across the US on Tuesday. The Girl Scouts of the USA has launched a legal case against its male equivalents after the group moved to change its name. The Boy Scouts of America is looking to drop boy from its title, following the group's decision to welcome girls as members in October 2017. The Girl Scouts lawsuit is seeking damages, arguing that the name change to Scouts BSA would erode the Girl Scouts brand. The group described the plan change as uniquely damaging, saying it could marginalise Girl Scouts and confuse people into believing the groups had merged. Girls aged 7 to 10 can join the Cub Scouts from this year, and those aged 11 to 17 will be able to join Boy Scouts from 2019. A study published in the British Medical Journal has found a dramatic reduction in the number of girls undergoing female genital mutilation, or FGM, in East Africa. The research examined instances of FGM among those aged 14 or younger, finding the rate had fallen from 71.4% in 1995 to 8% in 2016, a far larger decrease than previously reported. In West Africa, the study found the prevalence of FGM had fallen from 73.6% in 1996 to 25.4% in 2017. It follows anti-FGM campaigns targeting mothers of girls. However, some campaigners have suggested the figures were skewed as some girls were still likely to undergo FGM after the age of 14. While the study did not examine the reasons behind the decline in FGM, researchers suggested it was a result of policy changes and investment aimed at reducing the practice. Donald Trump has fired US Attorney General Jeff Sessions following a long-running feud between the president and his top law enforcement official. Sessions angered Trump by stepping aside from the Russia inquiry last year. Special counsel Robert Mueller is investigating the relationship between Russia and Trump's 2016 presidential campaign. Trump has previously said that had Sessions made it clear he would recuse himself from the inquiry, he would have picked someone else for the job. Sessions is to be temporarily replaced by Matthew Whittock, a critic of Mueller's investigation, who has previously called for it to be defunded. Both Republicans and Democrats have voiced concerns over Sessions' firing, warning that it is vital Mueller continue the inquiry without interference from Trump's administration. Our facts of the week are Twitter has said increasing its character limit has made those tweeting more polite. According to the social network, doubling the number of characters you can use in a tweet from 140 to 280 has seen users improve their manners, with Twitter's analysis recording 54% more pleases and 22% more thank yous. Posts have also become more conversational, using fewer abbreviations and more question marks. Despite upping the character count, tweets don't often hit the new limit, with only 12% longer than 140 characters. Spice Girls fans received long-awaited news this week as the 90s girl band announced a major UK tour. They'll be hitting the road without Posh Spice, Victoria Beckham allegedly rejecting the reunion to focus on her fashion business. The announcement followed hints from Ebba Bunton during her Heart Breakfast radio show, Baby Spice telling listeners, I'm just so excited, I want it out there. Tickets go on sale at 10.30am on Saturday. Eurostar has been forced to issue a warning to passengers, asking that they refrain from bringing weapons on its trains in the run-up to Remembrance Day. Those travelling during the commemoration period were warned, please remember that you can't bring any real or replica bombs, shells or weapons on board, even if you bought them from a gift shop. It follows previous security alerts triggered by Eurostar travellers attempting to bring back risky souvenirs in their luggage after visiting World War I battlefields in France. 
And finally, Collins Dictionary has named single use as its word of the year. Collins lexicographers examined new and prominent words in the English language and said the word had seen a fourfold increase since 2013. Its selection comes in a year where the damaging impact of single-use plastics has dominated headlines in television, with large global campaigns organised to reduce the use of such plastics, made to be used only once before being discarded. It follows Collins' selection of fake news as word of the year in 2017 and Brexit in 2016. That's it for this week. If you enjoyed that, then do please rate, review, subscribe and tell your friends. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.